0: This is the Rise and Thrive Podcast, and I'm Erin, and I'm here with Mary. Hey, Erin. Hey, Mary. So we're continuing our conversations that are focused and framed around your self-mastery tools that you've been teaching for decades, and we've been having some great conversations. There's a lot to enjoy there. There is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it's always enjoyable to come together and to be with each other and to sh- kind of sort through some of these important concepts and practices and just remember stories and remember kind of victories and remember failures and laugh about them. So, we've been doing a lot of that. I've been enjoying it. That's right. And you and I have been walking as companions in
1: this for, I think, eight or nine years yeah. uh, this year. And yeah. it's been absolutely delightful. You uh, had this kind of chick hatching out of the egg look on your face after the first <laughs> forgiveness weekend. You were so uh, so energized and alive and like, this is it. This is the That's stuff. Right. This is what I've been looking for in my personal growth um, uh, explorations the last few years. And you, you kind of like, as a producer, started looking around for like, where's the microphone? Where's the microphone? Let's, let's talk <laughs> about this on the air because, wow, I didn't know I could feel this much better in my life, which has gone through a few things. And I, people should know they can feel this much better.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I that's that's good to remember all that because right away when I met you, Mary, at at your forgiveness workshop, which you generously invited me to, after we did a little like friendly consulting on on your website. My background is media, and I arrived at your uh, workshop not really knowing what I was getting into, and pretty quickly was like, oh. This woman knows some things. This woman has some stuff to share. <laughs> <laughs> and this
1: stuff, this model, these tools, this is, this is, you said, this is the center of the circle. It really is. I, I know you had been uh, really exploring a lot of things uh, yeah. therapeutically and healing wise for a few years. And yeah, uh,
0: well, and that kind of gets to what I wanted to talk about today, which is kind of dovetailing off of a conversation that we had uh, yesterday, last time wasn't yesterday. It was last time where um, we were talking about when life delivers a sudden disruption and mm-hmm. how you deal with it. And you were sharing the story. And if I would just encourage anybody who's listening, who had, didn't get to hear that show um, that conversation, go back and listen to it. But you were sharing when, when you had a, a flood in your house and th- what caught my attention was you stood in the kitchen with all this water, draining down and this house that was, you know, wrecked and your life completely disrupted by this. And you said, well, good thing I had 16 years of practicing unconditional love and forgiveness under my belt, because I was able to face this in a way that previously you wouldn't have been able to face it. (laughs) Right. I remember it was
1: kind of a a, a high point for me in, recognizing that i'm getting somewhere with this because yeah i i could have i could have started drowning literally in <laughs> in the water that was water falling out of my kitchen cupboards but i rem- i just decided okay well this is the moment where i choose my attitude this is completely disruptive this is completely unexpected but this is the moment where i choose my attitude in going forward and uh i was just in this right moment with this path of mine, to say, okay, this is happening. I'm going to make it good. It's going to be good. So and of course, some things are easier to choose that attitude about than others. But I think I also at that time had had um, a breakthrough and understanding about my path with unconditional love and forgiveness. And I had, I had been feeling very dreary, because my life had had all of these blows delivered to it regularly. I'd had like just every two years, something hard and awful was happening to me since I was a child. And I was now in my 40s. And uh, I went to go see a hypnotherapist. And um, I, I was thinking, do I have some kind of a lock, that is recreating these things over and over again? Am I just some kind of an unlucky person or victim? And I was so, feeling so dreary. And this person had a, quite a gift with hypnosis. And she had a way of getting me really deep down into my soul, into my hmm. soul voice, where I could ask the question, why is my life so difficult? Why are these difficult things frequently happening to me. And to hear this very strong, clear, uh, assured voice bellowing up from the depths of my psyche saying, you don't understand. You don't understand. You are not unlucky. You are a master in training. You are mastering forgiveness. And you have had all these stories because you've been in training. You're a healer in training. Mm. And I emerged from that going, oh, wow, that actually makes sense. I have had so many uh, types of bad stories in my life that when I sit with another person who comes to me to heal a current bad story or something that they're dealing with, I I know something about it. I, I have some kind of you know, compassion and understanding of where they're coming from, because I was there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the good news is that shortly thereafter, my life turned a corner and got easier. And, you know, things still happen that are hard. They're happening all around me. They're happening in people I know. They're happening on the news. But I I don't feel unlucky anymore because at a certain point I realized, oh, no, this is the journey. This is the training. And if you intend to be good at something, then you have to have a lot of labs about it, a lot of laboratories. Yeah, yeah. So and pra- practice, 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 practice.
0: Yeah. So you're kind of honing in on what I want to what I want to talk about and explore today, which is I, I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody who, you know, hears that you were able to ha- bring a good attitude to a difficult situation, and you say, "Aha! I know what to do. I know how to how to confront this." but, and, and you say it's with unconditional love and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, I could imagine that if you haven't spent a lot of time exploring those ideas and, and practices, what on earth is that? And so I was hoping today you could talk a little bit more about what is the practice of unconditional love and forgiveness and also what isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's not just like trying to be like this saintly person who can, you know, show up and always like plaster on a smile. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so loving. I love you. I love me. (laughs) Yes. I am filled with the energy of the Lord all the time. Yeah. I mean, my, my understanding is it's a lot more um, blood and guts and mud. It's a little more gritty than that. (laughs) Yes. It might involve getting at some
1: hate out of your system. It might involve fantasizing, murdering somebody (laughs) that you're really mad at.
0: (laughs) It's a little, little gritty. Yeah. Okay. Why don't we start there? And if you could maybe start with it, with how, what your working definition of is of unconditional love and forgiveness. And then we'll kind of see about how you take an idea and then come to embody it. Okay. So um,
1: unconditional love can be understood as a, an attitude or and or an energy, a universal energy. So as an attitude, unconditional love is the one where you say, you know what, I'm gonna see the good. I'm gonna see the good in myself, in you, in this day, in this situation. I'm going to choose the old fashioned half glass full attitude. And see the good, say the good, because that is going to optimize uh, the experience I have. And it's also going to bring a spirit of goodwill to whatever situation I'm in. It's going to help other people um, rise a little bit to look for the good possibilities that are still here, even though we're disappointed. And then as a as an energy, we can say unconditional love is a it's a universal um compassionate healing energy that extends itself to all beings and it blesses us and it makes us feel whole and connected it's it's like it's like another way of understanding um god's point of view or or a a form of light even though you're not seeing seeing it as light but it's an it's an energy so but you know what it feels like you know exactly what it feels like you, you feel it when somebody walks in the room with a brand new infant and the whole room goes, ah, and extends Mm. the heart, the hearts of the people in the room, just extend naturally to that precious little infant and wish them well, which wish them all good things and all blessing and feel so, so touched and awed by this beautiful little creature. That's a moment of unconditional love. Or if you're, if you're on a, a hike somewhere and you you are hiking up a hill and you look out at sunset at this vista and something inside you goes, ah, and it just extends out of your heart and and wants to touch everything in the landscape and, and say, you're so beautiful. I bless you. You bless me. That sense of like, ah, connection and blessing is what unconditional love feels like. So that feels good. That feels Mm -hmm. alive. That feels healthy. That uh, brings joy, even bliss to a day. And we want those moments. And the more that we practice forgiveness, which is like the the fraternal twin of (laughs) unconditional love. They're like twins. You need them both. They're like yin and yang. They play together. The more you practice forgiveness of what is difficult, the more you get to have that experience of ah, ah, all is well, all is good. I am blessed, I am thriving, I bless you, you are thriving. That comes because we're able to uh, process a, a story that comes along that might have some anger in it, or some grief in it, or some disappointment in it, or some bitterness. That's if we learn how to meet all of our life stories. Uh, the past ones that have been kind of sitting in a little vault, but making us sad unconsciously and the present ones like my house flood, the more we're able to go, you know what, this can heal. Mm -hmm. I know how healing happens and I'm just going to start entering into healing. Now I'm not going to wait. And one more day for the fullness of time for healing. I'm going to start the process now. And as we journey through the very organic, orderly, reliable process of forgiveness, which is what heals things in the psyche, we once again touch into that that source, that flow of unconditional love, and we feel lighter and freer and happier, and we can handle what happened in our life. So, uh, we, you know, when I came into this work, I was studying yoga. I'd had a very powerful um, call by a teacher in India that I had gone and um, learned about meditation and learned about spiritual practice. And I recognized that, oh, you know, I feel so much better after every single time I do forgiveness. I think this is a spiritual practice. I think this is what I say I'm going to do, how I am going to approach life, and I'm going to be steady in it.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And I, so there's a bunch of things that are coming up for me about this. So it's, it's, we're not talking about beliefs necessarily here. We're we're saying, oh, I believe this attitude will help me. And so I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to try to practice it. And of course, anybody who's, you know, set out on their journey, everybody knows this. It's like, oh, this is going to be great. And then immediately you run into the situation or the challenge that, that, That seems to confront that attitude, and and you have to kind of double down, or I mean, or maybe you don't. Maybe you you go, okay, enough of this unconditional love. This is making me.
1: (laughs) But talk. I think I'll go back to hate and bitterness. Yeah, hate and bitterness.
0: So it's it's not just a it's not just a belief. It's not just like willing. I'm I'm going to use my will and insist that I. Confront everything with unconditional love, but it's more like an unfolding, and it's it's like practice, and it's like learning to look at your situation, and that's why the the self mastery tools that you love to share, that you use, that you've shared with me, I use them. Um, that's why they're so important, and and as tools, it's like there's a lot to get to know, and there's a lot to get to know how to wield them properly, right.
1: Yes, but it's not hard. It's not. It's not painful to get to know them, and uh, it's uh, for me. It's this reassuring landscape that I've been uh, fortunate enough to be introduced to. Because the the teacher that taught me about the eight steps of forgiving another person, she was rooted in a uh, very sophisticated and complete and yet simple holistic psychology called psychosynthesis. She was rooted in the practices of psychosynthesis, which she learned from her teacher, who was an amazing person, an amazing uh, intellect, as well as an amazing soul, Dr. Roberto Asagioli. So there's actually this kind of landscape in which these tools all play together. And I enjoy in teaching my lung program that you've been in a number Mm -hmm. of years, seeing how they play together. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like, I would say the healthy, spiritually connected, uh, effective human being is like this beautiful jewel that's been, uh, you know, buffed and sanded and, and, uh, polished. And it's just the people that learn how to master, being human are beautiful. They're Mm -hmm. just beautiful. You want to just be in the room with them and say, thank God for that person, because they're wielding these tools day by day. And so I like to say that unconditional love and forgiveness are their life skills, their everyday life skills, and their health habits Mm -hmm. uh, that keep us healthy that keep us away from dis-ease. And there are also a very clear, uh, laboratory and pathway to the experience of being enlightened to becoming hmm. a soul illumined person who can really shine, really can really shine God's universal light out of them to other situations. And that doesn't mean that they're not dealing with pain and they're not dealing with, uh, you know, obstacles along the way, but in the same way that in, in, my one glorious moment for myself, I stood in the kitchen while it was, you know, gushing water and said, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Okay. Well, we'll see, we'll discover, we will discover how this is good. And yeah. we did. So, uh, for me, the, the discovery of, the landscape of wholeness that comes from this holistic psychology and this method of forgiveness. It was, it was like, uh, it was like a map. It was like a map to freedom. And it was like a a doorway out to fresh air. And Mm -hmm. it just, uh, it was just quite a fortunate moment in my life. And I entered in with gusto. I'd really been, really been seeking and praying for my, my sense of purpose. And what am I, what am I made for? What am I good at? And um, that seemed to be what beckoned some 30 something years ago. And uh, it's still fresh. It's still
0: fresh. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because for a lot of people they get on their spiritual path what becomes their spiritual path when something has gone terribly wrong in their life and you know it's sort of like confronted with what i've been doing isn't working so now what so it's you know it's hard and it can be traumatic it can be upsetting it can you know loss it's a classic
1: Um, it's a classic uh moment this classic situation where people um, stagger onto their spiritual journey, which they are then grateful for, for the rest of their lives uh, because of some um, life crisis or things falling apart and um, the old ways not working anymore. So, yeah. yeah. In fact, I've you know, been in many 12 um, step situations, um, both as a participant and as a teacher. And people are always saying that they're so grateful that the chaos and disaster of their former disease took them to this moment of of brokenness that allowed the light to come in they yeah. crack cracked them open so that their uh, their soul their higher power could come in come in and say hello I'm here
0: <laughs> I'm here <laughs> and I'm here to help you
1: <laughs> actually all you have
0: to do is this one day no yeah. you'll be fine just do this yeah. one day yeah well it's funny because thinking back to when I met you I You know, my path, uh, which I've shared with you a lot, and I've shared on some of our podcast episodes previously, but, you know, I started fresh out of college, went to Washington, D.C., thought I was going to be a psychologist, got a job at a crisis house with chronically mentally ill people, and pretty quickly had kind of a traumatic on the job experience that I just didn't know what to do with. And I fled that work environment, there was some, there was a dangerous client and, you know, it was, it was a really hard situation. And one of my coworkers was attacked and raped on the job
1: Mm. and
0: the situation wasn't safe. And, and I was sort of dealing with sort of a um, what do you call that Mary when you have trauma over someone else's trauma secondary trauma vicarious,
1: vicarious trauma vicarious, yeah
0: and I I just didn't know what to do and I didn't leave right away I tried to stay there and, and and soldier through it but then I had kind of my own scary experience and and fled and I fled that job I fled psychology I I I I, I went home for a while, but I had a a lease in Washington, DC. And so I had to go back and figure out what to do with my life. And that's when I actually went into TV news and it was, you know, it it was good, except that, you know, I had this trauma that I hadn't really dealt with properly. I hadn't healed. And I just sort of like willed myself to get through it and, and just dug in and you know, got the experience I needed. I first I started with an internship that was unpaid and waitressed and then I finally got a job as an associate producer and then, you know, just really pushing myself and eventually moved bet, moved here to Minnesota where I'd gone to college and was just, you know, career-wise pushing. And I, I always had this thing in my mind, like, oh, I started out at the starting line and then I had these experiences and it put me hundred hundred yards back from the starting line. So I was always trying to make it up, always trying to make it up and get ahead. And did you feel to, like you had failed yourself? Oh yeah. I mean, it was, I didn't know what to do at the time. I was, I was also a runner, you know, I'd go jogging. And so I, I like literally was running away from my feelings because mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with them. And because I felt so betrayed by the, the people in charge, you know, the psychologists, psychiatrists, um, a field that I was really drawn to, I just rejected, I dropped it like a hot potato, mm-hmm. I wanted nothing to do with it. So you know, that went along. And I, I I, had lots of professional success in with my media career. And it wasn't until, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago, um, I was in a really hard job in radio, I was going through a divorce, I had two school age kids that, you know, had their challenges and everything. And lo and behold, all of the trauma just came flooding back, you know, and mm. it was like, okay, I got a problem here. And that would be what I consider sort of the beginning of my serious spiritual path, because I, it all fell apart. Like it I was now
1: to, too much to run away from. Exactly. There was no running. There was only this pain kind of coming up out of the basement stairs and in your face and it wouldn't go away yeah. so what do you do with it
0: yeah and i had to stop and turn around and look at it and start confronting it and you know i i was really fortunate i got some time off from work i had a therapist to go to i had you know i would buy spirituality books i would i would just i was trying everything i could think of to try to get you know, back on track mm-hmm. um, and, and a real hopeful, like, oh, maybe this is it, you know, kind of looking, I mean, honestly, looking for the silver bullet, because why not one and done? Let's make it you
1: really, <laughs> really wanted this silver, bu- silver bullet.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's not so, and I, I remember I went to a um, a meditation class and the guy, the guy who had entered, he said, you need to, you need to meditate. You need to learn how to meditate. You're a mess. And what he said to me is he's like, you didn't get this way overnight, you know, and it's going to take more than just like showing up at one meditation class to get, to find your way out of that, which I was disappointed to hear, but it's like, okay. And so he had a big, like nine month meditation class weekly. And I I remember I prepaid for the whole thing. It was expensive. (laughs) I prepaid because I was like forcing myself to go and I would be doing my day and it's like, oh God, I got meditation class. It was on the other side of town. And I'd like drive like a banshee you know, to my teaching class, get there. Come in like a
1: disheveled maniac. <laughs>
0: hey, I'm here. That's <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> And then I'd sit down with this group and I remember it was just, it was so painful. It was like, all I, all I wanted to do was like run out of the room, but I was using my will to stay you know to stay, and so that went well, and you know it was fine, but it, it didn't kind of get at that inner core of whatever was wrong. Mm-hmm. I still had the sense of like, I, I know I'm not healed completely. I you know, I, I would I'm call it. What I, can. I would call
1: it that you still had that pot of pain inside. Yeah, you, you still you were healing more and calming more on the mental level. Yeah, and you were connecting more on the spiritual level, but that that um, pot of pain, that big, uh, you know, undigested uh, amount of pain in your emotions and your emotional body was just still sit- sitting there. Yeah, with the lid partially off. Right. And uh, that was pressing into your consciousness all of the time. And it's, uh, it's kind of like, You know, sometimes people have problems with anger and they're just kind of things are exploding out of them all the time. And they go to anger management class and they learn a lot of a lot of things that help them basically uh, keep the lid on it better. Suppress it. (laughs) Keep keep the lid on it better. But in fact, you don't need anger management. You don't need, um, you know, these intense uh, techniques of being centered if you've actually healed the pain that's inside you if you've mm. actually taken it out and brought it through the process of healing and it diminishes, yeah. it shrinks, it, 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 uh, dissolves, you yeah. know, in some cases it completely dissolves and what replaces it then is more of your real self, your soulful self, A soulful energy replaces it. So that's why I was so excited about, uh, the forgiveness work because not only did it, make me more manageable to myself in that Mm -hmm. I wasn't just falling down these huge wells of, of sorrow and, and disappointment and anger um, at at various things. Not only was I not doing that anymore, I was discovering more about uh, my better self. I was Mm -hmm. discovering more about um, the part of me that is calm and strong and that she can take up residence inside me where this big, cache of pain that used to be sitting and kind of leaking out or exploding out. It, it doesn't do that if you heal it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, so before I met you, I had, I had done all these things, the meditation class, the therapy I'd been on anti anxiety medication a little bit. And I had a physician who, you know, we were like, should, should I continue with this or not? You know? And, and she said, you know, let's get you to inner peace. And I was like,
1: <laughs> thank you, doctor. That is just
0: really the medicine that I prefer. <laughs> well, she said it and it really, a resonated. Good she was awesome. She moved away. Um, a really lovely person. And huh. I, when she said that, what she did for me in that moment was she held out a vision of things could be different and it really, it really um, touched me because I wasn't sure if I was going to ever deserve inner peace. Hmm. Like I wasn't sure if I would ever get to inner peace because maybe I was the person who didn't get inner peace, or maybe Hmm. I was the person who wouldn't, you know, who had made too many mistakes. You were just a little too 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 messed up. It was like, maybe if I were younger and I knew more, I could have gotten inner peace, but no, I'd screwed it all up. And know, too late for that, too late. There's, there's no way to come back from that. Like I'd ruined it. And so Mm -hmm. she said that, and I was like, you mean, you know, kind of internally, I was like, I could have inner peace. I want inner peace. So I tapered off of that medication with her and, and kept up, you know, kept up with my, my path, but I still was like, there was this inkling of like, I still am not getting at, at the center of this. And that's why when I showed up in your class, kind of (laughs) reluctantly, you invited me. You said, thanks for helping me with my work. You showed up like
1: a journalist.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You showed up like, okay,
1: let's, let's investigate this a little bit. I've got my questions here and I've got my, you know, my, my shrewd analysis of other things compared to this and that sort of thing.
0: I, I did that, but I also, it, it, it. One of my practices at the time was I will say, I will say, yes, if a door, if there's an open door in front of me, I will walk through, I will bring my curiosity. I will bring, Mm -hmm. I I will, I had not thought that I was somebody who needed to know how to forgive. Mm -hmm. I I knew I was in pain still. I knew that there were parts of me that were unhealed.
1: Yes to this because it was beckoning, but you didn't really actually believe you were going to feel better
0: yeah and so then in that first so the 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 workshops that you have it's like friday night all day saturday half of sunday and that first friday night with about a dozen other you know people who are also wary and nervous and a little reluctant we sat around and listened to you describe why learning how to forgive can heal your inner pain and it was like a giant light bulb went off for me And that's where I'm like, this is the missing piece for me. This is it. This is what I need. This is how I'm going to heal my, my pain, my emotional pain, the stuff I've been carrying around this, the stuff that makes me think that, you know, I could have had a nice, nice life if this, that, and the other thing hadn't happened, but you know, woe is me. I was Mm -hmm. like, no, I I'm going to do this. So anyway, I love, I love remembering that Mary, because it was really exciting. And then on top of it, it's like, oh, she's really funny. Oh, she's got great stories. It's like, this oh, is Mary. not hard.
1: <laughs> Mary's making this, this is, palatable for me. Yeah, this <laughs> is
0: enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I got through that whole weekend at the end and knocked down a, a particular bad story. I I honestly, I don't even remember what it was at this point, but cause I've knocked down so many since, but I remember on that Sunday afternoon when, when the group of us finished and completed at the end where everybody was just like enthusiastic, excited, feeling better, looking hopeful, light in their eyes. We're all high-fiving each other and hugging and like wishing each other well. And I guess that would be, you know, a, a an experience of unconditional love, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, and also uh, an experience of the surprisingly fortunate uh, community of human beings. (laughs) You know, like uh, wow, Friday night I felt a little bit like a weirdo, or I wasn't sure if you guys are weird, or I don't know. You know, what am I doing here? And Sunday, you're like, oh. I just love all you guys. I just love myself. I, you know what? <laughs> it's not so bad being a person. It's <laughs> not a bad thing at all. This is really great. I didn't know a group could be so fun and mm-hmm. healing and wonderful. And I just had that experience again, recently teaching uh, where there was people there who hadn't ever gone to a workshop like this before. And they were just so amazed that people could be so nice. Mm. And people could be so good. It's because we have strong, Ground rules from the beginning and strong modeling uh, about it, of seeing the good in each other and not criticizing and not judging and not trying to help somebody with their life. You're just there while they're seeking help for from within themselves for their life. Anyway, yeah. it's a it's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful gig. I'm really lucky to get to do this because yeah. it gives me faith in humans to see humans. To see a person emerge from a long-held story that has kept them all curled up and looking like a flower opening, and to see people that you wouldn't really imagine hanging out with each other in other situations being there for each other in this really uh, companionable way and Mm -hmm. this really encouraging way, it just gives me a lot of hope. So um, Mm -hmm. that's why, well, and, and since that
0: in the last eight years, I've, I've helped you. Sometimes I've had the the pleasure and honor of helping you in workshops where I, you know, I'm helping make sure that, you know, there's water and Kleenex and just sort of around the edges, but I've gotten, I've had, I've been able to see people go through a forgiveness story, you know, out loud in front of me. And it's pretty remarkable. And you, you've described it like, it's like watching a baby being born. You know it's it just, is. there's it's just like, some awe there, it's it, there really is this there's, there's a moment, there's this pivotal moment
1: where the burden and the uh the shackles from mm-hmm. this story from the past you can just about hear the clink as they fall to the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you can see it fall off of their shoulders, uh, mm-hmm. energetically. You can see them uh emerge really like a like a new baby or a new chick kind of mm-hmm. like, Oh, 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 there I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just so, um, it's, it's transformation in front of your eyes and it's, yeah. it's so rewarding. And that's why I asked my teacher once, how, how are you still teaching this one thing over and over and over and over again for 25 years, Edith, how are you doing this? Isn't, aren't you bored? <laughs> Cause I was in a, place in my life where I would be bored easily and I couldn't imagine doing anything for 25 years and she says oh my no it's it's ever fresh it's the home of the miracle and it's ever fresh Mm -hmm. and I've now been teaching it for 35 years and she is right about Mm -hmm. that
0: well and I I'll just say this too the the other part to this is that it's it's finding strength within yourself you know, you, you describe it as making room for your soul to come shining through in your life. So that's different than, you know, like finding someone outside of yourself that has all the answers and tells you what you got to do. And, you know, I, I will watch these shows on cults, you know, it's like, cause I'm fascinated with You're how making a study are of cults during the pandemic. I don't
1: know if that's good for your mental health, Erin, but okay. <laughs> well,
0: it was, I find it all really fascinating. I mean, I have, I'm, I'm very interested in psychology and religion and philosophy and how how people are and groups, how, yeah, human groups and all of that. But what I love about your work is that there's kind of no danger there because on the path of self mastery, you know, you're looking toward, you're looking inward toward your soul, your connection to the divine, as you conceptualize it, as right? you know it, yes. as you know it, your higher power. And so it's not like, oh, should I trust this person outside of me or not? Oh, am I vulnerable here to this, you know, uh, person who wrote a book and has a workshop and, and yells got a at the program? Me or, and I only have
1: to pay five thousand dollars to be in this program.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, right. and that's what I. So I, I'm, I'm like, man. So unconditional love and forgiveness is an incredible healing technology that mm-hmm. is essentially free. It's
1: essentially free. I mean, anyone can get on my website, forgiveness training.com and read up a bunch of things and watch a few videos and practice this. And you can go on from there and, you know, buy my book online or, or do some private work with me on zoom or, you know, when, when the world opens up again, we can do workshops again. So I don't know. It's it's very available, but it is, it is free. And, you know, I, I guess I, I come from um, a real appreciation of the liberation that has come through the 12 step program in the last 60 years, and my family was really helped and healed by it. And we have an expression in there where we say um, that we're here to share our experience, strength and hope with mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. And In the end, that's a lot of what I'm doing in my workshop. I'm telling personal stories. I'm telling embarrassing personal stories, which I'm not embarrassed about anymore. Um, Or, or, you know, uh, this is what it was like before. This is what I had to let go of and how I did it. And this is what it's like now. I'm telling stories. Uh, from my experience, strength and hope. Mm. And um, if I have a helper in the room like you, um, or I have a few other deep students that love to come help at workshops, I have them tell a story. Yeah, tell us a story about you and forgiveness. And they, they have a story and they tell it. And that's good for people too to see to hear other people sharing stories of forgiveness, um, via this, this pathway, because it's not just Mary. It's not just that, but it's, wow, this is actually universal. It's Mm -hmm. almost like, it's almost like Edith discovered my teacher, Edith discovered in her 45 years of psychotherapy and her spiritual studies, she discovered the, uh, the, um, shape of, healing the parts and pieces of it. Okay, you always have to have this moment of deciding to heal. All right, you have to have these moments of vulnerably releasing your emotions and sharing them with another. And then there's this moment where you have to identify what you were expecting that you need to let go of. It's not a good expectation to hold on to. And then there's this time where you establish your boundary and say, you know what, that's your problem I'm going on without this. And I'm in my own integrity space. And then there's this moment where you open up to a fresh start and life is waiting to reset you and give you a fresh start. And then there's this moment of spiritual energy that comes in because you've made room for it. So in other words, she observed the organic process, of how the psyche heals itself. Mm. And she saw these, these steps happen again and again, and again, thousands of times in a certain order, more or less, that ended up putting a story to rest that, that in the end, that's what it took to put a story down and find that inner peace that your therapist mentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. to find, to get there from here, these things have to happen. And so she assembled them in this, this process, which she called a recipe, the eight steps to freedom. It's a great recipe. It's like a really good recipe for brownies or chili. It always works. <laughs> you want to share it with with other people because it always works. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's, uh, I just feel like it's this kind of a discovery, like yeah. this woman uh, influenced by her teacher and her studies with him discovered the, the, process by which the psyche heals. And it always works. It's really a reliable recipe and it's universal. I have taught it in all sorts of denominations of churches and treatment centers and different countries and even different cultures. I've taught it in Muslim countries, as well as Christian places, and as well as people, places that were not, uh, from a religion but we're yeah. growth oriented it always it always translates there's there's not really a big translation problem it's no. a universal healing process so I'm still excited Aaron.
0: I'm still excited I, I love hearing about it and I, I and
1: I feel sometimes like the best kept secret in America I kind of wish for more people knew about this
0: I know so I want to say thank
1: you to all you guys <laughs> listening And to our surprise, more people are downloading us all the time that we don't know how that's happening. We're not, we're we're really being such fails on social media. Can we just acknowledge that we are being such fails, Aaron, we don't do it. We don't tweet. (laughs) We don't, we don't Facebook, we don't share. We just get on here and hope for the best. And, and, you know, you, people are finding us and Mm -hmm. listening to us. So thanks. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. Cause um, we, we feel very useful <laughs> that way. It, does. it
0: feels really feel... good. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just really appreciate hearing you Mary. And I really appreciate how generously you share all of this mm-hmm. and part of, you know, part of people hearing, hearing you talk about it inspires them to explore, to begin, to begin a journey in their life. And yes. that's really amazing and beautiful, but I, you know, I honor you for oh. your willingness to just open up and, and be of service. It's really oh, beautiful. Thank you. thank
1: you so much. Thank yeah. you so much. It has really, uh, been life-changing for me. And I do feel a great love of service mm-hmm. to, um, the awakening and the healing of other people. It's really, what else would I want to do?
0: What else? Yeah. What
1: else? I don't know. This is the, (laughs) this is the thing. I'm glad you're my buddy.
0: Yeah, no, it's fun. All right. Well, let's, let's end this conversation here, but we'll come back again real soon and just keep, we'll just keep picking all of these different parts and pieces up and exploring them and talking about them. And, and hopefully that will be helpful to others.
1: And ever fresh for you (laughs) and I.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks, Thanks, Erin.
1: Bye. Bye.